0: Welcome to Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast, your weekly opportunity to tune in and listen to the best review team online, taking time out to chat with you and each other about all topics in the world of lingerie, hosiery, and much more. Enjoy today's episode.
1: Scarlett and welcome to Laundry Lowdown podcast. I am today hosting episode three of my new series Scarlet Secrets and I have the absolutely fabulous Fairy Willow joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me back. Well, we just had so much to talk about last time that we could not stop ourselves from continuing. Uh, I'm very excited to pick up where we left off and have loads to talk about
2: me too they're gonna have to gag us to make us stop talking I swear
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so shall we get started with episode three I think other things that I have to be much more considerate of when I'm filming versus when I am playing personally are also things like levels of nudity um so I would be very uncomfortable if uh somebody that was filming with me positioned me in such a way that my vulva was very, very explicitly on show to the camera because that is beyond my level of comfort for what I'm I'm happy to be put out there on the internet. Yeah. Um, So when there are cameras and things involved, there has to be a lot more consideration as to people's privacy and what they are okay with being made public. Um, Because whilst I might be happy to be naked in front of friends, I might not be happy to be naked all over the internet. For me, yes. I am happy, <laughs> but it is always <laughs> a thing that I would want to check with all other performers. So some people yeah. might want to remain clothed or might not want their face to be on video or might not want certain parts of their body to be on video. Um, yeah. And I think that's really, really important to discuss before any kind of filming commences. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two more points and then I'll hand over to Willow to give her input. Um One of them is safe words, which I think applies to both uh, professional and personal play, but making sure that everybody is clear on how to effectively ask for something to stop or pause, um, which can be difficult in different ways, depending whether it's uh, professional or personal. Particularly in a professional shoot, you might be playing a role, so playing the role of a I don't know, somebody, a uh, sales assistant who is going to receive some kind of punishment, for example. Mm-hmm. And it might be more difficult to bring up the courage to ask for the whole scene and the filming and everything to stop. Uh, for me, it can feel quite anxiety-inducing to be able to communicate just very clearly during professional work. Yeah. So I think it is very, very important to mm-hmm. me that I know how to do that if anything is making me feel uncomfortable or is going wrong Mm
2: sure
1: um and that also applies to the level of intimacy and connection um again in personal play this is also very important to discuss but for when you're on film I have definitely been in a few horrible horrible situations where photographers have booked me for some kind of bondage or kink filming and have not expressed to me that they expect to have a lot more physical contact than I normally would with a different photographer right. and once the cameras have started rolling I have felt horribly uncomfortable because nobody set this expectation it's not what I was okay with and then I felt like I was under pressure of being on camera and how do I yeah tell ask for this to stop and I felt that was a, it was a horrible situation and I would not want anybody else to ever feel that so for me it's really important that I set an expectation of around the level of physical contact and intimacy that might happen on screen even if personally we don't have that level of contact yeah um is there anything else that you would consider when negotiating for work
2: um I think most of the work I've done because I didn't start very long ago so a lot of it has been during the pandemic so I've actually not done tons of work with uh like pr- producers or photographers or anything most of the work that i've been doing has been with my friends who i already have a relationship with in some way um so i guess my experience is a little bit different from that um i think in some ways it makes it easier but also like there are definitely some elements of relationships that i have with people that we don't want to put On film, like there are things that I would do with some of my friends that we maybe don't want to. For example, circling back to the beginning of the uh, episode, we were talking about like working through triggers and stuff. See what I did there? Um, And like sometimes I like to do more of that kind of risky play, but I'm pretty unlikely to want to do that on camera because it carries so much risk and also it is very difficult to capture the nuance of the safety elements that we have considered beforehand um which I don't want to put content out that is like that
1: yeah I feel a a huge level of responsibility actually as both a content creator and a performer yeah uh, to do things that I think are not always exactly as they would be in my personal life for the reason that I want to maintain a a separation between work and personal life but also because I feel that in a personal scene where everybody has been involved in the discussion the negotiation the whole talk and is well versed in the BDSM world there's a lot more nuance that can go unsaid, whereas if you are putting something out into the internet, you have to expect that people that are viewing it might not have any previous experience, yeah. and I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I don't want people to come away with a very concerned view or yeah do things that they might replicate and think is safe when actually we've got a lot of behind the scenes um, yeah. safety features in place. So I, I feel quite a responsibility to curate some of the content that I put out there to make sure that it is, I guess, best practice rather than, yeah. I, I kind of want to over-explain things, you know?
2: I guess, yeah, because like you don't know if someone just will come at it with no context, which I think can be really important. Like Sometimes we do some really intense stuff and it can be pretty shocking to people who aren't used to that kind of thing. And so we we and like there's enough myth and stigma around BDSM and kink already. We don't want to make any more, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: I think as well because um what the stuff that we do isn't maybe as seen as like as traditionally BDSM like we don't normally do things in dungeons, and it's not usually like really extreme or, you know, any of that kind of thing. So,
1: we're PVC and black shiny things for every scene that we do.
2: Yeah. And it's not like, you know, very strict, like master slave punishment kind of stuff. Like sometimes, maybe, I don't know, but it's certainly not the focus of the stuff we do. So, maybe people won't see it as bdsm when they first look i don't know
1: mm. yeah something that i've i've been really enjoying actually um, is that in the content that i have self-produced i have started to include uh both a negotiation section and where possible a debrief um mm-hmm. so as What's alongside a debrief, having a main Paula? film having a bit that comes before it well let me tell you um, and <laughs> so, yeah, so having the negotiation that comes before it on camera then having the actual scene and then having a debrief afterwards where we might chat and say you know what did you like was there anything that you didn't like is there anything that made you feel uncomfortable or what about that was fun for you because I think it's important that you know sometimes on camera I can think of a few scenes that pop to my head uh, where (laughs) has on camera looked like she is hating it and having a horrible time whereas afterwards in the debrief she is probably giggling and (laughs) talking about how much she loved it I'm like, you do it again! It's really important. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's really important to be able to communicate that to viewers. And they don't have to watch that bit. They don't have to ruin the illusion if they don't want to. But given that we don't know who is watching, I think it is nice to be able to have the option of including it.
2: Also, I love to see so, that part. Like, I don't really particularly yes. care to, like, role-play stuff, personally. Like, I see the appeal, but it's not my favourite thing. So... I don't care about the illusion being shattered whatsoever. Like, I just want people to have a good time.
1: Yeah. So we've talked about um, negotiating and shooting professionally. Uh, When I say shooting, I mean video or photos or insert or the form of media. (laughs) No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, So... I don't want to go on for absolutely forever because I feel like perhaps we could talk for maybe a whole year just about this one subject. Doesn't but I would like to talk fun? a little bit about uh, about negotiating a scene that is personal and not filmed or not for any kind of professional output. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how I might go about that in a slightly different way to something that is professional. Do you have any particular thoughts on this before I dive in? Um I mean, I have many thoughts, but where to begin? Um,
2: (laughs) So I think maybe the reason that you were talking about triggers and stuff is, I feel like maybe you didn't finish that point, actually. I feel like you were talking about knowing your triggers and how not everyone knows their triggers. I don't think you finished saying that, though, earlier.
1: That is true. I I get awfully distracted. (laughs) You're very excited about new things. Um, Same. <laughs> yeah, so when it comes to personal play, I am much more likely to be comfortable being more vulnerable because I'm likely to be playing with people that I know, that I trust, that I have a level of friendship with. Um, and so I'm happier to be vulnerable than I would be on any kind of professional shoot. Which means that I'm very happy to discuss with people what my triggers are and things that I am really not comfortable exploring either physically or emotionally in a scene. So as an example, during a negotiation scene with somebody, particularly if I am uh, the person receiving or the bottom in this scenario, I often... um, talk very openly about how I don't want people to touch certain parts of my body, how I am uncomfortable with people exposing parts of my body, um, how I am very uncomfortably emotionally using certain words or doing a certain type of scene. And I'm, through a lot of experience, I'm now quite aware of my own triggers and things that I don't want to do. But I think it is important that not everybody will be that familiar. And so it can be important to tread very carefully, particularly when playing with people for the first time or people that are newer to kink and BDSM. Um, And just being aware that even if you think the things that you're doing are pretty harmless, there's always the chance that it could be quite triggering to somebody and quite difficult. And both being aware that that, could come up and how you might want to deal with that if it does. So some people, for example, at the end of a scene might really want a cuddle and a fluffy blanket and some chocolate and
0: be really cozy. Enjoying the conversations today? Well, we wanted to take a short break to tell you more about our website. Are you looking to treat a loved one or yourself to some new lingerie or hosiery and don't know where to start? Let the most diverse team of presenters from around the globe introduce you to more than 460 brands as we publish new and exclusive reviews every day. In fact, we have over 5,000 reviews online right now, and you can join us from only $7.99 a month. However, we want to treat you to something a little special for listening to our podcast today. So, use the promo code PODCAST when buying a 3-, 6-, or 12-month membership and we'll give you an extra 10% off the purchase price. Best of all, there's no time limit with this code, so you can keep using it each time you renew your membership. Please note this is not applicable to the monthly membership. So, after listening to the rest of this podcast, head on over to lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use the promo code podcast today. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast.
1: important to have these conversations at the beginning when everybody is on quite a neutral ground and there aren't too many emotions involved and yeah it's good to be prepared for all different kind of situations
2: maybe to emphasize that that should happen before you start playing with any like power dynamics like when you're both on evil evil that's not what i meant level even ground <laughs>
1: uh yeah absolutely i think that's really important um But I think that can lead a little bit to a a negotiation being very uh, negative. Like, I don't want this, I don't want that. And then the other person saying, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And it can leave you feeling a bit like, okay, well... What's left? (laughs) What are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you might realise in that early stage that whilst you wanted to play together initially, because, I don't know, you thought each other were attractive or fun or whatever, Mm -hmm. you might start a negotiation and realise, actually we're not compatible and it's completely fine to have a negotiation and come to an agreement that actually maybe let's oh, not yeah, play definitely. together let's go for a cup of tea instead
2: oh I love tea
1: um but <laughs> if you do decide that you want to play together I think it is then nice to talk about what you do want and that's from both sides because unless oh, yeah, you have definitely. explicitly decided that it wants to be a service orientated thing what is nice to focus on is what you both like so it might be that one of you really likes sensations and is that kind of uh, thuddy impact sensations? Would you be okay with me hitting you with something? Or that might be tickling and gentle caressing. And exploring all those things can be really exciting and really build up to a scene. Um, And I think it can also be fun to talk about a lot of things that could happen and that you would be open to happening, but then Mm -hmm. leave it in the other person's hands to give them control over which of those things they pick and choose to use during that play scene together
2: yeah it's like making a menu oh this is a fun analogy having an allergy list and a menu
1: (laughs) yes yeah exactly I think that's a great way of putting it thanks (laughs) (laughs) is there anything that you particularly would like to be included in a negotiation um if you were doing it for personal play
2: I think when I'm negotiating with someone, I really like to talk about the kind of vibe that we're going for. Because I think it can be really Mm. difficult for me to like, talk about specific things that I do or don't want. Like, there are a lot of things that I will enjoy in one mood and hate in another. So it kind of, I think for me, with my long list of fetishes that I said at the beginning... Um, can be quite difficult for me to narrow it down in terms of like actions so I prefer to talk about like if you're going for a sensual kind of vibe or a mean dominant kind of vibe or like a gentle caring vibe that kind of thing um there are so many different approaches that you can take to a scene and I think for me it's more important to describe describe the intention behind what you're wanting to do rather than the activities themselves and that is personally for me like I'm not saying that this is how everyone should do it but uh yeah
1: yeah I think that's uh, a really good way of thinking about it uh and like you say particularly if somebody asks you you know what do you like what do you want to do you can be put on the spot and be like uh, 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 i don't know i'm sure i'm into things i just can't remember what things do you want
2: to sometimes like it can be
1: easier <laughs> yeah i like yeah, going sometimes to panic
2: it can mode be easier and easier i'm like i like, like eating chocolate and also uh i guess spanking i don't know and then i run away never <laughs> to be seen
1: again <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, sometimes talking about more of a a vibe that you want to go for or a particular mood or a kind of a certain headspace that you'd like to explore could also be a really good way of communicating before a seat.
2: And I think as well, it's good to describe your like style of that kind of thing. Like if someone's expecting me to be really submissive and then I start acting really playful, if we've not talked about that in the negotiation, they might be really surprised and react in ways that neither of us find particularly fun. Whereas if you, if I can sort of say up front, like, I'm feeling really playful and um, I don't really want to be submissive and obedient and stuff today. So I won't, you know, I think setting up that level of expectation as well can be really helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have so many things I would love to talk to you about. So So many things I would love to discuss. Um, We are very much running out of time. So... (laughs) I would like to ask one final question. Um, Make it a good one. And then I think we ought to wrap things up. So (laughs) uh, this is making a big assumption, but based on how much I know you and I know your uh, lifestyle. I believe that you are also non-monogamous. I am non-monogamous.
2: I can't say it, but I am (laughs) non-monogamous.
1: Do you feel that is um, a requirement for being kinky? Because I think the two are often linked together. Mm-hmm. And I think we could do a little bit of myth busting around this also.
2: Oh, I like it. Um, my like instinct as a kind of gut reaction is yes. But logically, I know that to be untrue. Like I know that you can be monogamous and kinky at the same time. Um I just don't like that very much. But you know, that's, that's my problem, not anyone else's. (laughs) I guess, for me, like monogamy just doesn't really make sense, which is why I don't do it. But that doesn't mean it's bad or anything. What about you?
1: I think it's just a very interesting correlation that um, I started out my non monogamous journey thinking that I was the only person in the world that was dating multiple people. And that we were all consenting, but I should probably never mention it to anybody else because it's probably very weird. And uh, fast forward 10, 15 years. And thankfully, I'm very happy knowing that many people in the world have lots of different kinds of relationships. And that makes me feel very comfortable and very happy. Um, But I have noticed that there is a lot of people that do all different kinds of non-monogamy within people that I've met in the BDSM community. And I think it's absolutely not a requirement at all to be non-monogamous. And it's completely okay to only ever explore BDSM or kink with your partner, and whether that is in private or at a community-based event. Uh, When I say event, I mean like a play party, a a party where people get together and do kink in the vicinity of other people. Um, And I think that's completely fine to do that, to just go with, one person and only explore with one person. But I do think that there's something nice about people that are a little bit more um, open in their definition of relationship. And for me, a lot of kink and BDSM is not sexual at all. And therefore, I feel comfortable doing it with quite a lot of different people. And I really enjoy finding quite a deep emotional connection with somebody and using kink as a, a kind of a tool to get there. So for mm-hmm. example, doing rope bondage with somebody can be a really, really connective experience. And it can be very sexual, but it can also be completely platonic.
2: I'd say like 98% of my uh, rope bondage experience has been non-sexual, to be honest. Like sometimes I do it with people that I'm in a relationship with, but it's not to do with the sex that we have.
1: Mm, yeah, and I think it's like having experience in the non-monogamy community and exploring my own relationships through that has definitely taught me a lot of skills that have been really transferable into the king and bdsm community of um how to set boundaries how to discuss boundaries how to talk about uh sexual health how to talk about mental health how to talk about all these things have been really beneficial for me i don't think at all that they are uh you know, necessary to be able to start exploring kink. But I do just think it's a really interesting overlap that seems very prevalent. Um, And I think it's also really nice that you can, like whatever version of non-monogamy you are, whether that is that you do kink things with other people, but not sex things or not romantic things or whatever your definition of it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really nice that there, there is a possibility of, accepting people as they are and not asking them to take all of your boxes so for example relates to me by coming all the way back to the beginning (laughs) and saying that whilst me and you have a lot of kinks that are very well aligned we also Mm -hmm. have kinks that are not aligned and it is really nice to be able to just accept you as you are and be like I see you and I see (laughs) that you have all these things that you enjoy and that make you happy and some of those are not going to make me happy but That doesn't mean that I have to change you in any way. I can just accept you for who you are and we can have things that overlap and we can do those things together and we can go and do things that we like differently with other people. And for me, I think that's wonderful.
2: Me too. Especially because like, you know, I think, oh, how to put this into words? Um, Like you and I play a fair amount together. And that's super great, but, like, we don't have to be in a relationship for that to happen. But also, it's cool if we're, like, sometimes we're single, and sometimes we have multiple partners, and, like, at all times, we can play together if we want to, because that's how we've chosen to set up our lives, kind of thing. And I just think that's really nice. Yeah, I'm really grateful. Me too. You're really
1: awesome. Yay! So are you! (laughs) Yay! <laughs> okay so uh if you would like to hear more of me and willow being very mushy to each other and getting very <laughs> excited about kink and bdsm modeling and many other things uh, please alive. stay tuned for, <laughs> <laughs> please stay tuned for other podcasts that we made do together um i am really enjoying this new series uh of Scarlet Secrets. Uh, thank you to Laundry Lowdown, the podcast, for having me host yet another episode. I hope you have found it exciting and insightful. And if you have any questions or anything that you would like to hear us talk about, you can either leave us feedback on laundrylowdown.com or you can contact me or Fairy Willow on our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans, many places. Um, <laughs> so many i sure if you do a bit of a search you can find us. so yes please do stay tuned for more fun and silliness from us both in the future and thank you for joining us today on lingerie lowdown the podcast and thank you for having me i've had lots of fun
0: thanks for joining us on lingerie lowdown the podcast Don't forget that we release a brand new episode every Wednesday for you all to enjoy. So if you love lingerie as much as we do, make sure to catch us same time, same place next week. Don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get an extra 10% off a three, six or 12 month membership today.